bitch. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Bitch, the Chicago. Hello everyone, what is up? It is me, Ewan, and welcome to a new installment of the Wheel of Dad Movies Shane Black season. Merry Shane, miss everyone. This week we have another cracking Shane Black classic to talk about, and that is his original debut, 1987's Lethal Weapon. A Christmas banger. Christmas cracker, really. I could have gone with that, to be honest. But yeah, uh, joining me today is my partner, Xander Gordon. I'm getting too old for this pod. There we go. Yeah, yeah, you you are. <laughs> literally. You you had trouble sitting down for this. <laughs> I know, I literally did sitting down. <laughs> the for cold record. the coldness thing doing well with those feeble bones. My feeble brittle bones. I truly am Don Danny Glover when he's in the bath looking at himself in the mirror at the start <laughs> of the movie. He's <laughs> like, beard makes you go a bit of grey in your beard and then he comes into work the next day, it's like, ah. Oh, Mustache makes you look older, Raj. Yeah, that's me. Yeah? Yeah. 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 So don't grow out a mustache. Oh, I'll try. Yeah. But yeah, so this is um, Lethal Weapon, one of my favourite movies ever. Uh, Responsible for galvanising the buddy cop genre after 48 hours. Kind of started it uh, earlier in the decade. Um, Stars Mel Gibson and Danny Glover as Riggs and Murtaugh won a suicidal police officer who served with the Green Berets in Vietnam, and the other, a more straight-laced uh, detective who also served in the Vietnam War. And Vietnam is a theme that um, really does really does come up quite a bit in this movie. But yeah, everyone, when they think of Lethal Weapon, I think has the kind of, like, campy saxophone, you know, to all the shit stuff in their mind. Um, and... You know, I love, I love the, I think I, I think the entire saga is great. I mean, Lethal Weapon 3 and 4 are kind of good, but not great. And, you know, totally there, there are reasons for that. Um, but I really, really like the first Lethal Weapon because it is much darker than the others. Obviously, it fits for the theme we're going for this month with it being, you know, set at Christmas. Um, and, you know, there are, there are some good Christmassy shots that we get in this. Obviously, with the Shane Black movie, even though they tend to take place at Christmas, it's not always like a... A Yuletide theme going on, um, but yeah, Lethal Weapon, the, the OG original, um, I think is a actually nuanced movie. Yeah, it, it, it's weird. Like going into this, it was a lot darker than I remember it being, and that's because the first two kind of blend into my mind together as one cohesive whole. So I was like, oh, where's the diplomatic immunity? Where's Joe Pesci? <laughs> where, where's the so, South Africans? Yeah, where, where, where's uh, Riggs's daughter starring in a condom commercial? Like, <laughs> like, And so watching this, where like Riggs is there trying to kill himself, meanwhile, while the Looney Tunes Christmas special plays in the background, I was like, this film's a lot darker than I remember it being. Like, him getting like tortured and electrocuted like in like the, the water pipe as he's strung up. I'm like, Ewan, this is a lot dark. <laughs> Lethal Weapon, surprisingly, a film called Lethal Weapon is a lot darker than I remember it being. Um, so that kind of, um, not tainted, but kind of uh, warped the way that I, I experienced yeah. watching it this time this time around. Especially, as you say, because the Vietnam stuff, watching it this time around, we were like, oh, this is actually a much more prominent theme than we remember it being. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I, th- I think, you know, Lethal Weapon 2 and Lethal Weapon 3 in particular are like... Very fun buddy cop movies where you get the chemistry. They're carried by the chemistry of of Gibson and Glover as Riggs and Murtaugh, where you know they're they're kind of shooting the shit, you know, being wacky goofballs, yelling at each other, literally because there's a bomb in the toilet. Exactly, you know, they, they've got that kind of like you know that endearing friendship to them, 
which obviously develops over the course of the first Lethal Weapon. So you haven't gotten to that point yet. So obviously, you know, this one is, is a lot darker. But, like, the stuff with mental health as well, you know, it starts off with, like, you know, the, the first time we meet Matt, uh, Riggs, you know, he's kind of, like, you know, in his beach trailer, um, you know, taking the hair of the dog to cure a hangover. Uh, and then the next scene, we've got that great kind of, like, um, what starts off as a kind of, you know, humorous in confrontation that he has with a bunch of drug dealers who are also selling Christmas trees. Uh, and then it turns into, you know, becomes very quickly apparent that this guy's a death wish. Uh, and, and for the time, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, when I think of, like, 80s action movies and, you know, the, the kind of, like, resolute, you know, kind of... Uh, you know, impenetrable kind of guy who, you know, doesn't really wear their heart on their sleeve. And I feel like Lethal Weapon more so than most is a movie that is kind of about, like, the broken, lingering effects of Vietnam. There's a really good bit um, when Murtaugh's in the office for the first time and one of the uh, other desk sergeants that are there, I don't know, maybe another detective, um, they're kind of having a conversation and, and, and Murtaugh's, like, you know, lingering in and out of it talking about the new generation of 80s men and how 80s men talk about their feelings and stuff and he mentions how like oh i like was on the sofa crying yesterday is part of this other guy and and murtaugh's like oh that's a bit weird and it kind of you know it is murtaugh's movie more than riggs's in a lot of ways and i kind of like how riggs is like thrust onto murtaugh and he kind of has this 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 epiphany of talking is actually important because like riggs is you know on the edge and Murtaugh ends up being the friend and outlet that he needs. And I find it, I just find it great how in that first scene, they kind of think that you, you prepare for the movie to, you know, <laughs> joke about, like, sensitive men. But we get in Riggs and Murtaugh, we have the peak action movie, sensitive men. <laughs> but also the dismissive dismissiveness of it. So, like, um, the psychiatrist that works in the police station, she's like, Chief, do not put this guy on this case. Reassign him. He is going to kill himself he is not well now he's like literally like well if he kills himself then it'll prove i'm wrong yeah and it's like oh okay then <laughs> yeah and it's it's great in a way because like you know to go back to the vietnam element of it and how it nicely it ties in with the film's kind of mental health approach as well is that like as a subject vietnam isn't really something that you know in terms of introspectively looking back at america and that failed conflict and the the negative consequences that it enacted on people specifically wasn't really a thing that was like talked about much so like with lethal weapon here you got this like massive explosion of emotion and violence that feels like it's from people repressing their trauma from that conflict you know especially in like riggs's case and when you know you get to the eventual conspiracy involving hunt sacker and McAllister and joshua and you know it, it's 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 that that tried and tested kind of rambo slash taxi driver premise of you know the people who were sent away to do terrible awful things coming back to to wreak destruction and havoc in the the, the domestic scene um uh, that's a that's a trope i'm a big fan of in action movies because you know it, it it's so historically accurate um but i like how those those two elements gel together i think it's almost with the vietnam stuff it's almost like the death of Riggs's wife is kind of the thing that was holding back all that trauma, I suppose, from from the conflict, and mm. that's kind of the catalyst that um, kind of drives him forward. 
um, before we actually got on the pod, we watched a deleted scene of where um, he goes to just take down a sniper that's shooting at some school kids. And it's it's obvious why they cut it, because it kind of gives the same... Um, it tells the same thing as, as the Christmas tree uh, drug deal scene in that, like, oh, he's like a loose cannon and he's not afraid of his own mortality. Uh, well, he wants to die. Yeah, he so wants I don't to know, die, yeah. I don't know if that means he's afraid of mortality. No, he, he wants to die. Um, the Obviously, the Christmas tree scene is just kind of that typical Shane Black and a little twinge of humor about it um oh a hundred dollars no a hundred thousand <laughs> i do oh. love that compensation I, lo- I just love how like riggs is a bit of a bugs bunny type you know he screwball is. when he's there on that a little stinker with, when he's there on that roof with that jumper he's like well we can jump yeah let's do that right now why not why not let's jump right now <laughs> let's do it <laughs> he's like and the guy who's like literally about to jump off to kill himself is like wait no 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 <laughs> such a little shit honestly i think riggs is a good example of how terrible i would be in a public facing job yeah you... we we timed this rewatch quite well because i've been in, in the dumps lately not that not that i want to take a hollow point bullet to my face yeah, or a special anything. bullet for the occasion no. um but i do i do think riggs is a great character for kind of just um the, the, that kind of I feel like it's like obviously like vulnerable action movie heroes like aren't anything you know unusual to the genre but there is a specific kind of vulnerable vulnerability every man quality to Riggs that I really kind of empathize with and relate to um and it's 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 interesting as well because you know the movie's title is Lethal Weapon and they they specifically say you know when Murtaugh and Riggs are discussing you know Riggs is like oh he's got he knows martial arts he was this in special forces in Vietnam or whatever he's like oh, I guess we're gonna have to register you as a lethal weapon in a way it's it's it, it unifies the themes of like Vietnam mental health trauma and stuff that these guys were reduced to being nothing but weapons when they were sent over there and then came back um that's only something I just, just thought of <laughs> yeah and you see that more evidently in the character of Mr. Joshua oh played, Joshua played by <laughs> Carrie Busey. <laughs> One of the ultimate movie sickos in this. Uh, and it's so funny because there are times where I'm watching it, I'm like, that's just Carrie Busey. I don't really buy him as, like, being the heavy... And I fully forgot he was in this movie as well. <laughs> so I was like, um, hello? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so Mr. Joshua um, is a part of, like... I think they reveal that his background is that he was a part of the CIA uh, in Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia part of shadow company and he's now a mercenary for this for, for this general pat yes. mcallister a part of shadow company yeah, who are smuggling heroin, heroin into yeah. into the united states um and he is like he, he's meant to be the um the counterweight to riggs you know riggs is this this epic special forces trained you know cop who can like you know pinball snipers from like 40 feet out with a nine millimeter handgun he's using his what for the time a Beretta being like, oh, this is so high tech compared to the forty eight Smith and Wesson and stuff like that. So he's very much geared towards that. And then with with Joshua, you kind of have like the the anti rigs where it's a case of no, he is nothing but his military training. Vietnam didn't end for Joshua. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think with Riggs it's very much a case of him coming back and trying to pick up the pieces but nothing's falling into place yeah he'll shoot down like crowds of people and mm. he's there like with a with a lighter under his arm like <laughs> not feeling it <laughs> like that, that, that so guy's funny. the other dealer is like being jesus like, christ jesus christ <laughs> just watching this this sicko like burn himself <laughs> the fuck you doing <laughs> yeah and i think that's the thing like um the Jean, mr john yeah it's mr john um ha, you know has no compassion is a little sicko and the thing with, with Riggs still is that um 
you know, he sees Murtaugh's family and, like, the family unit and rather than kind of being um, cold, about, cold it. about it or kind of, like, dismissive or kind of jealous, which I feel like maybe some other movies might do when someone in Riggs' situation would be put in that scenario and to then get him be all bitter, like, I lost my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, for, like, the Spongebob meme, I, <laughs> I had a story once. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of like, oh, your family's, like, really beautiful and, like, it, it, it's really lovely. And he has that compassion. So, and it obviously there's the weird thing of like Murtaugh's daughter like, has, <laughs> has a crush on Riggs, and Riggs doesn't necessarily like shoot it down. Oh no, he's just he's using it <laughs> to he's needle te- Roger, he, he's isn't te- he? He's using yeah. it to, to tease him. Yeah. Um, but you know, the ending of the movie is them rescuing uh, Murtaugh's older older daughter, and um, that's where his compassion, like that's what his his compassion is from. I like, and that's what separates him still from, yeah. from Mr. Joshua I the love the bad guys. Because when those first scenes that we get with Riggs and Murtaugh, when, when Riggs is inflicted upon Murtaugh and and, and, and he's convinced that Riggs is, tr- is, is faking his psychosis to draw mm-hmm. a, a cosy little psych pension. You know, again, talking about mental health and dismissing, you know, mental health as a means of, you know, being like, you know, a, a, a con man or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he grows to understand after pushing Riggs to the edge like a little shit that what this guy needs is compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when they have that first family meeting, the two of them finally understand each other. Riggs knows that he can't be he can't be reckless in the field because he understands why Murtaugh's so cautious because he's got a family to come back to. And what Murtaugh understands is that Riggs needs a support system and it's it's not in the police, it's with family. And at that point on, there's that, that great running theme of you know blacks movies of like found family where these two guys kind of like come together and and really you know have a soulful connection yeah bond over his wife's bad cooking which is i'm sure it was fine it just makes you think of the other guys when will ferrell is making fun of like eva mendes's character (laughs) (laughs) just so incredibly sexy wife yeah yeah. god (laughs) you're useless yeah exactly but i just i love that i love those sequences and especially when it's like murtog is such a fearful character that he's got his own boat but he never wants to take it out onto water yeah uh, and, and and it's yeah I, which I again the boat I, in my head I was like in Lethal Weapon 2 I swear they have some kind of they fight do. in like the they garage do. like with the boat oh, no, and it's... I was waiting for that to happen yeah so Lethal Weapon 2 they have they have the nail guns fight scene I yes, feel like in, yes. in, in that and then in Lethal Weapon 3 the boat is actually out in the harbour yes someone might have to correct me on there I can't remember it's been a while since I've watched those two yeah, I, to- I totally agree. Like, you know, it is easy for these to blend together because the, the impression that everyone has of Riggs and Murtaugh is the stuff when they've established that relationship and it's great because they're so great together. Mm-hmm. But then you forget the the kind of torturous background to it and, and the, the darkness of the first lethal weapon. Yeah, so when you get to, like, the, the later scenes where, like, Murtaugh's, like, in the desert getting shut up, being like, give me back my daughter. Oh, and, like, Riggs is there, like, with a sniper in the back. I was like, well, this is a lot. <laughs> this is pretty wild. So, man. yeah, a quick, quick catch up with the synopsis here so basically the film opens up with a lady in a tall high-rise apartment slash hotel titties out as t- a, as, titties as a out the um doing a bunch of blow and then she takes a leap takes a big takes a big leap oh was she pushed oh was, well she takes a big leap and then um you know Murtog is told oh you had a call from your old friend Hansacker, your buddy from vietnam who, uh, who, yes. who we'll get to <laughs> um because he's a favorite of ours <laughs> tom atkins um but yeah he gets called into it you know Riggs gets assigned to do the case as well they discover that there was actually like barbiturates or something inside in her, system, yeah. in her system so you know she was poisoned before she took the cocaine 
and 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 they made it to to look like a suicide and it's because um the this 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 lady is is the daughter of of um Roger's old Vietnam buddy um a guy called Hunt Sacker played by Tom Atkins who you may know as Babe Seducer in The Fog and also Halloween 3 Season <laughs> of the Witch. Um, that's because Hunt Sacker was going to expose a massive drug smuggling operation to Murtaugh. Got cold feet after they, you know, killed one of his, his eldest daughter. Um, and yeah, so we kind of had the situation where they, they unearth the conspiracy. They go to the funeral um, of, of, the, of the 22-year-old who has been, you know, offed by this, this elaborate conspiracy. Um, Hunsaka gets murked by Joshua. We have that great bit where Briggs is firing his pistol at the helicopter. I was going to say, a helicopter comes down at the funeral. Completely silent. Yeah, completely silent <laughs> and just starts just mowing. Yeah, just like... yeah. I do love that. It's the world's stealthiest helicopter. Uh, I love the orange windbreaker that, that Riggs has. I'm very envious of Riggs' wardrobe I believe, wardrobe I believe in this at this movie. point as well, they realised that um, another... Um, sex worker who was the one that they picked up at the beginning of the film um, was not there conveniently and she would have been the one who who, poisoned poisoned her yeah and they go to her house and they talk to a bunch of little kids and they're like there was a man there earlier and then the house just blows up and then he's also and the great bit where it's like he had a tattoo like Popeye, like Popeye. He, <laughs> no, like that one. And then I get goosebumps the bit where he's like talking about like the you know the Mercury switches and then like pointing at uh, uh, you know Riggs's tattoo, which is a Green Beret tattoo, and like the Special Forces element, and it kind of you know all blowing up and stuff. But yeah, we we get to that after the after that part. You know, we we have this whole great scene, which is what I wanted to talk about. Um, the the moment where we find that Murtaugh's eldest daughter has been kidnapped. Um, and they're there in the warm glow of the Christmas living room, mm-hmm. a situation, a scene that, you know, a, 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 well, a, a location that a few scenes prior was so full of warmth and light and brightness when they first bring Briggs over. And now the Christmas lights take on like a demonic hue. Yeah, it's and like it's like Murtaugh is making a deal with the devil with Riggs to get his daughter back. Yeah. He's like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this my way. Mm-hmm. You know, shoot to kill or whatever. And, and, and you know, it mostly nearly works out. <laughs> you know, very, very, very nearly. And at, at this point as well, you do have like some some lighter moments still like with that scene with the kids where they're like no don't tell them your name Arthur yeah <laughs> yeah this Arthur uh, and also another funny little bit where um oh actually no this it's after after this point where they try to kill Riggs and Murtaugh because they know they're in on the conspiracy and mm. they try and shoot Riggs and um, he's wearing like a bulletproof. I don't know. Bulletproof vest. No, it's before. It's before the yeah, desert he, confrontation. Yeah, because yeah, uh, they like, fake his death. Oh yeah, they fake his death, and he's like, um, nearly gets shot, and he's like, oh, any high, you would have blown your brains out, and he's like, any lower, I wouldn't have been a falsetto for life. <laughs> they have so many great. It is. You are true. Riggs is very Bugs Bunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, what's the big idea? <laughs> but yeah, and and we have that desert confrontation between them all, and I love that shot where it's just Murtaugh in the desert on his own. And you've got this fleet, this armored convoy of vehicles coming towards him, and the sands being kicked up everywhere. He's got sand in his face, dust coming out of his mouth, the spit's awful. And they start shooting. Um, you know, Rig starts going to town, and you know, it, unfortunately, get they get gazumped by General Pat McAllister, mm. who was a, uh, a the, the ringleader of Shadow Company back in Vietnam, who is now in charge of the heroin. The heroin trade, the heroin smuggling operation, uh, yeah, and then they get they get kidnapped. Uh, well, they all they don't get kidnapped; they get taken hostage. 
Um, well, they've been hostage. Just get taken and be tortured. Yeah, get taken and, be tor- <laughs> and be killed. Tortured. And again, because the movies are blurred in my mind, I was like, oh, the, oh no. <laughs> yeah, and it has my favorite '80s henchman in it. It does have your favorite. Al Leong, that's it. Yeah. We love Al Leong, who obviously also appeared in Die Hard and Big Trouble in Little China. Great guy, and he's got the whole. You know, they've got rigs tied up to, like, the shower on a metal pipe, and they've got, like, the, the sponge that will release the electric battery, yeah. current through him, and just... Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, the movie becomes the sicko's paradise. Yeah, truly. He fully does um, a Harley Quinn suicide... The suicide squad, <laughs> where he's, like, pretending to be passed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, like, fucking grabs Al, Al, Al Leong's, like, with his fucking legs, <laughs> and, yeah. like, chokes him out. Yeah, and then he breaks... Like, he just like, he just starts breaking necks. You know, oh, just, oh, yeah, fully. He just starts breaking necks. He comes in, dripping and he's just wasting everything. Dripping wet. Meanwhile, with, Danny like, Glover's being sucked <sighs> in the face. I'll put salt in his wounds oh, and yeah. everything. And like, um, you know, his daughter's there, like, ah, Daddy, no! It's fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah. It's really dark. And like, you have Riggs in this hilarious outfit combo that he's just assembled because he's got like shirtless, but he's got his coat on and his his pants. And I don't even does he have shoes on? I don't even know if he has, <laughs> he has shoes on at this point. But anyway, they they break out. They they waste all these dudes. I love this particular moment because there is one guy who is above them on like the. The sky, he's like just the, it's like there. on like the I don't even know what you would call that the scaffolding, yeah, the scaffolding, skylight yeah. or something like that. He's like walking above them and he's like about to waste them, and Riggs just turns up and just goes, and, and he just them. like falls and gets like, trapped <laughs> into the chain, yeah, and, like, just dangling down. <laughs> just like the most pathetic intervention from a henchman in this movie. That was a good Ryan prophetic inter- prophetic whoa, whoa, intervention whoa. from a henchman. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah, Bars. but yeah, they get out <laughs> and they start chasing down Joshua and McAllister. Uh, and <laughs> I forgot how, how McAllister gets fully um, hand from a uh, Fast, Fast and Furious. Furious. Oh, we haven't Don't even mentioned. There's a good. There's a good scene to call back to here when they're on the firing range and we get the whole like the fire the the whole you know accuracy competition yes. going on. And you have Murtaugh's quick draw McGraw moment and then Riggs's smiley face uh, yes. accuracy. Which I want to be the, the image you uh, oh, it will. with the podcast. I love that image. But that's, that, that is the scene where they figure out the conspiracy and kind of mm. like talk through it as yeah. well. Yeah. But it also comes into play here because as Riggs goes after his other, his fellow sicko from Vietnam, Murtaugh goes after the establishment general. Uh, and as they come out of the, the nightclub venue, which doubles as the place they were being tortured in, um, he's like, waste that cup. And then Murtaugh does his whole little little neck movement. <laughs> he's got his gun by his... He's got his, his, his quick draw holster. And then, bam! It's so cool. Kills the driver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so great. Yeah, he kills the driver. And then as McAllister is coming out onto the road, he gets wasted by public transportation. Tax dollars hard at work. He does. And it, like, flips over. And it, and it just takes a while and dramatically just... <laughs> Yes, with the grenade. Yes, with the grenade. Oh, well, all the grenades. Yeah, all the grenades that are in the in the in the car, like blow up, and he's like, "Oh!" That is one funny moment from earlier on where they have the the desert standoff, and Murtog <laughs> Murtog has has a grenade in his hand, and he's he's like twenty feet away from these guys, and they're all like, "Oh no, that's a grenade!" Twenty feet away from him, he probably would. The shrapnel probably would, you know, do probably, some impact. Probably, yeah. But I love how 80s action movies treat grenades like plastic explosive yeah truly like even if, <laughs> even if you threw it at like the car that wouldn't cause the car to explode yeah like it would just be but with the ammunition it. in the car as well maybe, well, it would maybe. Be a bit, you know he'd be shredded he'd be very gooey yes be very very gooey um yeah after after mcallister's been got 
we have Riggs going after Joshua and he starts like sprinting. He's got a great sprint. Mm-hmm. Got a very good run. He's running at him with an MP5 and a, and a pistol. Uh, they nearly catch him, but he gets away. And then they discover, <laughs> they, they realize, we're gone. Oh, I was just, the very funny bit where like, um, Joshua takes this guy's car on the motorway after like pointing out a gun at him and the guy comes out and he's like, that guy took my car. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, that's that's a really odd reaction to have to a guy pointing a machine gun, like an automatic I rifle mean, at you. I like, it happens all the time. Well, you know, and then just like, oh, damn, damn. damn. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we have that whole thing um, and they, they realize that Mr. Joshua, he knows he's got nowhere else to go now. The conspiracy's been blown up. General's dead. He's, he's just got revenge in his mind now. And Murtaugh's like, he, the bastard knows where I live. Mm-hmm. So Riggs and Murtaugh quickly, quickly head back he to the residence. Finally lets Riggs drive. Finally lets Riggs drive. Yeah, I mean, Murtaugh's basically like yeah. fucked at this point. Uh, you have the it? amazing moment where Joshua pulls upon the police car. Yes. Which is a, a, a staple of, of, of Shane of Black, Shane Black movies. movies. We had last week, we had the, um, is there a problem, uh, uh, <laughs> guys? And then they go, like, yes, officer. This gun has too many bullets in it. And then this one, I forget what the exact quote is. Oh, can is. I help you? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, that's a joke so good, I would include it in everything if mm. I'd come up with it. Yeah, Joshua goes to the to the, to the residence, um, and there's already, like, a they've laid a trap for him, basically. Mm. You know, he finds the note on the Christmas tree, just like, dear bad guys, nothing, no one here but us cops mm. or whatever. And then, and then, we get just the most, like, if I'm going to distill a scene, like, what I find most appealing about action cinema into one scene, and something that will always make me lose my shit, like, this is how I imagine people who are really into boxing or UFC feel when they watch, (laughs) like, a live sport that way, because instead of just arresting Joshua or shooting him, Riggs is like, say, Mr. Joshua, want to shut the title? And then he takes his jacket off. Joshua's there as well. They've hit a fire hydrant from this car that they've crashed into the front wall. There's rain everywhere. Grounds, like, you know, flooding. Uh, and then they just start having a, like, a, a wrestling boxing match. And... Loads, yeah, loads of cop cars have, have then... turned up at this point. And they're all watching him. It's like, no, 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 let them fight. Yeah, Murtaugh's like, fight. this guy killed three cops. <laughs> let him... And he's like, no, no, This no. is Rick's rest. I'll take full responsibility. Yeah, meanwhile, all the cops there with their guns, like, we, we could... No, no, no. We could shoot him in the knee no, like, right sicko. now. Like, sicko. It's like... <laughs> literally, I make, I make this comment every single time I watch this, so apologies if you follow me on Twitter and you're already familiar with this comparison, but it's literally the bit from The Simpsons where the two monkeys are fighting each other with knives and you've got everyone standing around them. It's just that. Like, it's just chaos. Like, they're absolutely beating the shit it's out of so each other. Weird. At one point, Gary Busey picks up a pipe and he's, like, swinging yeah. it. And then Riggs gets a little baton to fend him off. Definitely is like, <laughs> Yeah, literally. It's like the bit for Nope with the fucking monkey. Oh, yeah. oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like, they're just absolutely going at each other. And it is so funny. Like, if I was there, I'd be yelling, kill. Kill. It is like, kill. <laughs> it, it, it's so weird because arguably that is probably like the goofiest part of the movie and it almost feels like both within and outside of the tone <laughs> the movie has set for yes. itself because it's just so... Unnecessary. It's so otherworldly in a way. It's, just, it's like, because you've got what all this like, happening the right fire now? hydrant like spewing down, they're like naked, they're like wrestling in the mud. Meanwhile, the cops from the back just kind of side-eyeing each other like, um... 
Murtaugh's okay. like, let me take him, let me take him, and Riggs is like, no, and he chokes him out. You know, he does get, in, but there's that bit where he's like nearly getting drowned in the pool, yeah. like, like in the in the ground or whatever. I just love that scene so much. Like they, I feel like they overemphasize. They talk a big game about Riggs's like martial arts skills for the first the half of the, of the movie, and then and they, they, it, they, yeah. they finally get to it in 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 the final bits. I, I love that scene so much because it's just pure chaos. It's just the most ridiculous thing, and I. I adore it. And even like, even though I love Lethal Weapon 2 as well, um, I don't think an action scene in the franchise comes as close to being as fun as that one. Like, it's just so good. Truthfully, I'm quite surprised you've yet to pull out your Joe Pesci impression. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. See, I brought it up and okay. now I hate it already. Okay, so. okay, 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 yeah. okay. I'm surprised okay. it took you this long. Yeah. We love Leo. In this do household, we, we love Leo okay, Getz. Do we, do we? Leo Gantz? Leo Getz? Oh god, I can't remember his name. It's Leo something. <laughs> no, I've got to look this up. Oh. I've got to look this up. What's his name? What's his name? Someone, please <laughs> Someone give me a name. Give name. me a sign. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. There it is. I'm nearly, I'm coding it. Leo Getz. Oh. I should have trusted my instincts. God damn it. I didn't, I fell so close. I just had to get you to throw that in there. For yeah. The, for the... I mean, when we do Lethal Weapon 2... And then, then I inflict Lethal Weapon 3 on you, which you consumed passively one time and found very annoying. I found it incredibly annoying, yeah. <laughs> What do you got against Leo? I have nothing against the actor Joe Pesci. I just have uh, uh, just a hatred for the character of Leo in the Lethal Weapon franchise. You hear this, folks? This is, this is unacceptable. He's meant to be an annoying character. Yes, and that's what makes him so good. No, it just makes him... I love Leo Getz. In this household, we but love Leo But you know what's Leo the greatest Getz. gift at all at the holiday season? Um, mm. Not having Leo Getz in the ending um, of the first leap of weapon yes. where they just have a nice little Christmas together. Oh, we didn't, we, we missed the part where you have the really, where they actually kill Joshua and it's the coolest oh, yes, double do. kill ever. But they're like leaning over each other. And again, other. like, it's so funny because, you know, I, I talk, I talk a big game about Lethal Weapon being better than Die Hard, which I don't really actually believe in my heart of hearts. I do think that <laughs> Die Hard is a better made movie. However, Lethal Weapon to me is a warmer movie, and that final sequence where it you is know, a cozier yeah, movie. After, yes. after they after they apprehend Joshua and he disarms a cop's gun to shoot him, it's the exact same bit at the end of Die Hard when um, Carl comes down and then and then uh, Alan gets him. Yes. Um, you know, but in this time, it's like it, it's that it's a very sexy shot that like Riggs has collapsed in yeah. Murtaugh's arms. Pulls out his gun, Murtog shooting, cradle yeah. in the rain. You know, they, they kill him with the power of friendship, folks. If yeah. that isn't Heartwoman Christmas, I don't know what is. I've talked to you about this before, but I feel that when people are like, Die Hard is the best Christmas movie, it's just a very boring take. You know what? You know what it is, right? It's like, I think it's perfectly fine to say that Die Hard is, is your favourite Christmas movie. I think it's perfectly fine to say I think what annoys me is when people shout it out like it's it's an edgy or unusual opinion to have when it's been quite mainstream for what I want to say like a decade now, mm-hmm. and then the debate itself. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Just like you. This is why the Chad Lethal Weapon enjoyers stay out of this. We're just like you're just like well, respectfully, mm-hmm. the best Christmas movie is Lethal Weapon. Yeah, and then just to throw some extra chaos into this is that I think the third Die Hard is the best Die Hard. Mm, yes, so yeah. yeah, and it's also the most lethal weapon he died. <laughs> you know what it is. It's got, it's got Samuel Jackson, yeah, yeah. Of Bruce Willis, who was considered for the part of Riggs. And also, Riggs. folks, if you have not watched Loaded Weapon, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon, 
very underrated parody movie starring Emilio Estevez Sheen and Samuel Jackson as well. Mm. And uh, Bruce Willis, who obviously was, was considered partially for the part of Riggs, uh, he has a cameo as John McClane in Loaded Weapon, which reenacts the scene from Lethal Weapon 2 when the South Africans shoot up Riggs' mm. home. Uh, but it's it's John McClane in there. I like how whenever you say South Africa, South you African, you have to do it in a South African accent. Diplomatic immunity. It's a great movie. It is. Did you want to do that one next year? Oh, for next Christmas. Well, no, it's, oh, not, it's, a not, a, it's, it's not, not a Christmas, Christmas movie. Uh, no. I mean, it could be a summertime movie. Well, this is the whole debate, isn't it, around, around like, what does a Christmas movie just have to be set at Christmas? And we were talking about how um, films set at Christmas are just a, a fun thing to do. And yeah. they don't have to necessarily make it be... Christmassy. It's just because it's such a fundamental part of like the year, and like it's all consuming, and it's just a nice contrast. To oh, that's that's dark what... themes and whatnot. Which oh. is why I think I think that the Take Die Harder's best Christmas movie is a kind of a boring take because there are so many mo- other great movies that are set at Christmas that are good movies, like things like uh, In Bruges comes to the top of my yeah. head, The Long Kiss Goodnight, The Last Boy Scout, uh, things like that. So there's a plenty, plenty of, the, of those things. And I think that's why that you know, one thing likes to set them, set movies. That is one thing we shamefully have not brought up here, and that is the uh, the, the tonal um, kind of juxtaposition we have going on, the, the ironic um, dissonance of the Christmas setting and, and the, the mental anguish that Riggs is facing, and also the darkness of everything. We brought up the scene earlier on where... Um, the, the the bugs but the, the Looney Tunes Christmas mm-hmm. you know bit where he's contemplating killing himself and then also the bit where they're having that deal with the devil thing I love the iron the, the, the Lethal Weapon's got a great sense of irony you know Die Hard does as well um, but I think that it's it's the the actual iconography of Christmas is presented better here which is interesting because obviously you know both movies take place in LA on the West Coast which isn't the most Christmassy setting ever because it's still quite a cli- you know temperate climate not really any snow or whatever. But Lethal Weapon, like I said, it kind of feels a bit more cosy. Yeah, I think that's that the most evident way to... The, most, the reason why that is so evident is clearly because Lethal Weapon, the Christmas, is in the home and in Die Hard it's set at a in Christmas a corporate, party. In a corporate yeah, Christmas party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And then we also have... But, but Die Hard does have that really cute big bear that John gets, Holly. It does. Yeah. It does. But also Lethal Weapon has Sam the Dog. It does. Who is also I remember I misremembered being more in this movie, but now he's in. He's like, more in Lethal scenes. Weapon too, because of the bit where after Riggs has intimate relations with that South African lady, you know, and Sam's trying to like get in the house, and he's like, oh, get out, yes. and then and then they shoot up the house, and they got to escape. Great mm. film, great film. But did you did you want to talk about the final scene where they have that? Because this scene makes you want to cry. Like it generally, like it 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 probably makes it sound like a huge fucking door, but I love. Like, Riggs's arc in this just, like, gets me so much, like, because I find, personally, I, I think the holidays are quite tough. Um, and this goes before, like, the horrible thing that happened last year, which has made it even more tough. Um, but I've, like, it's been a while since I've felt Christmassy. Um, so whenever I watch Lethal Weapon, you know, not only am I reminded of happier Christmas mm-hmm. times, but it's also something I can deeply relate to, because this is a period of year that I find quite difficult and like seeing Riggs get that happy Christmas spirit at the end, like that hits harder at me than seeing Scrooge and everyone <laughs> surrounded by Kermit the Frog. Like I, 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 <laughs> well, I, I don't know. even though I love Muppets Christmas Carol, like and, and It's a Wonderful Life as well as a great example, you know, so many Christmas movies are about experiencing torment, heartbreak, sadness around the season. Um but just that that grin at the end when he hands the bullet over and 
then he invites him back inside. Yeah, one thing I, I quite like about that last shot is that obviously they've had like the car drive through the front of the house, like they've kicked the door in and stuff, and the front door's like boarded up, but the kids have like drawn on it, mm. and like the um living room has been caved in, and so they have like a big tarp and they've like put lights over it. So it's like even though like this family like has gone through such hardship they've still managed to make what they have into like a really nice situation and they invite Riggs into that space. So I always thought that like as a from a mise-en-scene perspective <laughs> the mise-en-scene <laughs> um, I felt like that is quite symbolic of the movie it's it, the yeah. movie itself and that like it's bringing people together in like what is not a perfect scenario um, with his wife's awful 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 cooking um, <laughs> but kind of bringing people t- to together in in you know that time and it welcome, welcoming him and his dog into the uh, into the family. What's the cat's name called again? Ooh, Burbank. It's Burbank. Burbank. Burbank's not gonna like oh, this. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like wow, wow, <laughs> like the like stock sound effects of cats. Yeah, like. yeah. Oh man, and that that is Lethal Weapon. I love this movie to bits. You do, you do love it a lot. It's. It, it genuinely like it. I'm I'm gonna tear up, man. Like I I I just, like, I, I just find like the whole rig stuff just really resonates. Not that I served in the Vietnam War. Yeah, but, it, but <laughs> his design did heavily inspire that one run of the question. Oh, to be so fair, much. you know, if anyone here is a big fan, <laughs> it's a very niche pool of people. Uh, but if anyone here uh, is familiar with my time at What Culture Comics, will know that I was a big advocate of Dennis O'Neill, the late Dennis O'Neill, and um, and Dennis Cohen's Question series. Um, where Vic Sage is kind of redefined as like a, you know, a martial arts loving Zen like guy away from the weird Randy and Steve Dick co-creation that came about about 20 years beforehand. And his his design in those comics, I think the first issue came out in 88, 89. It's very clearly inspired by Riggs. There's a great, you know... This is what also it's going off a massive, massive question tangent right here, right now. Always annoying thing whenever Vic Sage shows up in comics these days, he's got his incel fedora on and big like coat. Whereas in the eighties, he was rocking the Riggs fit. He had like the trucker hat the on, hat, the, the long luscious locks, the long look like the mullet, and then like the uh, the the black tank tops and yeah. vests, and and you're like, oh, it's great, great looks. It's like that Dennis and, Cohen's such yeah, a good eye. That and Kurt, Kurt Russell in yes. Trouble in Little China is the aesthetic that you aspire to be. Yeah, I think I think I'm growing my hair out yeah. to get a, a trucker hat face. Merry Christmas, Twitter stands. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> I think I've ordered it. <laughs> I've I've ordered through through means a, a hat that is just the logo of the last Boy Scout. So very I'm, impulsively. Very impulsively. So I'm I'm expanding my arsenal of hats mm, here. That's yeah. what I need. Yeah. You know, I think maybe the 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 women want me fish fear me hat that I saw the Ooh, other month was yeah. as a wokenness. But yeah, lethal weapon. Uh, overall thoughts? Uh, I enjoy. I enjoyed it. Um, I think I said in my letterbox review that because I think because I went in with the expectation of it being a bit lighter, like it did, kind of throw me off because. Mm-hmm. As I've said many times already, uh, already in this pod, that the first two, because they're both of, I would say, of, of, of equal, of equal like yeah. good quality, kind of blend together. So it wasn't what I was expecting in a lot of ways. And um, it's still like it's still solid. Like it's got some good moments. Um, but I think the second one is where kind of it gets a little wackier, and that's where it maybe draws me in. And then obviously later down the line, it becomes a little too <laughs> too in on the joke. I, th- I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, yes, I, I did. I did enjoy it. Yeah. 
It's great. You, I think Long Kiss Goodnight is your favorite. Long Kiss Goodnight is my absolute favorite, yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to doing that with Dan next week. Boo! He's never seen it before. <laughs> oh, That's... I'm very excited, excited for him. Yeah, he's yeah. He's, it's, it's it. a Because he's, he's seen The Last Boy Scout a few times, but he's never seen Long Kiss. I've already teased him... I can't spoil it on this because he'll listen to it, but the the line involving the henchman and the... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. People who know, they know. They know. They know. But yeah, this has been the Wheel of Dad Movies podcast. It's like your shorter one this time. We didn't even get to the Lethal Weapon song that they made for this. Oh yeah, the, we- the had... weird music video, yeah. You might find that love can be a lethal weapon. Have <laughs> <laughs> you talk about the trailer that you... Oh yeah, there's a there's a look up the lethal weapon trailer on 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 like YouTube because it's like it's it's like it's... so typical of the time. It has some great like um, iconography of like, oh my god, I want I want those silhouettes on a poster. Yeah, it's like the man wanting to die and this other guy who's just can't two be cups <laughs> and it's got yeah, that generic like eighties trailer music. Where it's like... Yeah, very. That's very carnival. Yeah, we didn't even talk about intrusive saxophone oh yeah there's so much sax in this movie yeah. it was we, when we were queuing it up on the blu-ray because again just to just to hammer home how impulsive i am as a person i, I bought the entire lethal weapon box set quadrilogy the, yes. the quadrilogy the other week and when we queued up the D, the, the blu-ray menu <laughs> it's like kind of like it's it's silence and then it's just <laughs> yeah it, go, it goes hard yeah i love i love nothing my favorite favorite genre of anything is intrusive (laughs) Intrusive 80s saxophone in an action movie. Mm. Lethal Weapon has the best (sighs) ones, but there's also a lot of great ones in Commando. Mm. Oh, Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I I feel like there's some in 48 Hours as well, but Mm. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've watched the one, but yeah. On that musical note. On that musical note, this has been the Wheel of Dad Movies podcast. Before we go, I want to give a quick shout out to our patrons, Thank you so much to George Jackson, Thomas Mulgrew Shaka, and Josh Brown. I hope you're all enjoying the lovely dad movie content. A quick update on Spotify as well. I um, <laughs> I went about distributing it incorrectly. Um, so this episode will not be going up on Spotify. I need to do a few things and sort them with Acast. And then hopefully before the end of the year, the entire library will be going up on Spotify in the correct way. So thank you all for your patience there. I will try and get it up on Apple Podcasts this week. I'm just really bad at managing a podcast, man. I just want to talk into the microphone and then hope that gremlins fix it for me. Yeah, you just need another um, cop to help you um, Mm. get your life together. Yeah. 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 Volunteering? No. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, applications (laughs) for my own Murtog are open right now. Um, You can be the Daffy Duck to my Waskawi Wabbit. Um, And we'll we'll, we'll sort something out. But yeah, this has been the Wheel of Dad Movies podcast. Thank you all for listening. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at you and ruins things i'm also on instagram now but i'm not really using it because it scares me and that's also you and ruins things you can follow me on letterbox too at epats i just did the weird sight and sound thing and i couldn't narrow it down to 10 movies so i've put it up to 20 a lot of movies very difficult very cool exercise making me rank my uh no one made me i did it no yeah, I, was gonna say, I was gonna say no one had a gun in my head no one yeah. no i just did it myself yeah. i just like was me all along yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was two faces. Two of you just pointing guns yeah. at each other to, to fill out your Don't trust box. anyone, even yourself. Yes. That yeah. one. Yeah. Where can they where can they find you? Uh in the ether. In the ether? Yeah. Not yeah. in the ether, not as in the um the actual like uh chemical mm. thing. Yeah, but um, Yeah, you're not wielding ether. No, no, no. What's that bottle you got there? Um 
There's no law on this podcast. <laughs> there is no law, you know. <laughs> this has been the world's longest outro ever. But again, <laughs> thank you for listening. Next week, long kiss, good night. I'm going to kiss you all goodbye right now. <laughs> and we will see you soon. Bye. I can't do a saxophone noise. <laughs> <laughs>